TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Nobody in this organization said to me, you got to win this many games. Nobody said to me, hey, we, we're, we're going to talk about wins and losses all year. Not one time have they said that to me. about the Chicago sports version of irritable bowel syndrome. He's David Schuster talking about the Bulls. Hi, David. Uh, hang on a second, guys. Jim Boylan just called another timeout. I'll be back with you in about 60 seconds. Well, he oh, wait a second. No, he no, doesn't he, have any more timeouts. Right. I'm he didn't here. have any timeouts remaining in a game that mattered that was close, but he's got all the timeouts to call in the last 10 seconds of a 40-point blowout, right? Do I have that right? That Jim Boylan yeah, yeah. playbook? You have it pretty much right, and, and I'll tell you what. I mean, it was one thing for Zach Levine to make the faces and mimic the words that he made the last time they did this down, what was it, down 10 with 40 seconds to go or whatever it was. What are we calling but time you should, out you for? See, you, yeah, you should see the faces on press row. <laughs> Those are really the comical ones to watch. Is it because you all know? Like, is there a pool reporter that you choose to have to ask the question to Jim Boyle and Africa? It's always somebody else, and it's fun. It's almost like apologetic at this point. Like, um, you know, we have to ask you about the timeout you took. I, wait, I thought that was the scores Cody Westerland's job. It is Cody. Okay, and everybody pinch hits for him if he's if he's not there to ask the why did you call a dumb timeout question. Yeah, Cody seems Cody seems to draw the short straw on that one. Just about every game, because just about every game, it seems to be asked. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. And why? And at this point, is he? Is it because is he? Is he genuinely doing it at this point for the reasons that he says and the the development uh, and stuff? Or is it because is he just being stubborn at this point? Like because oh, yeah, he doesn't. Com- a combination of both, I suppose. I mean, what? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm going to be point blank. What What good is it calling a play? For a guy who's a two-way player who plays for the Windy City Bulls to get a shot with 30 seconds to go, you can do that in practice a hundred times. What is the point? Well, I, mean, it's imba- I think it's embarrassing point. for the players too. It's it's not that they're like, why is he doing it? It's embarrassing because they're being treated like sixth graders, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. no argument on that one. Yeah. That's for sure. David Schuster joined us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Could it be? It seems to be more obvious by the. The blathering of Jim Boylan, we'll get to that in a moment, but what he's doing, what he's saying, all seems to be 
exactly what Pax would be doing if he were coach, exactly what he wants done with this kind of team, whether he Pax views this as discipline or fundamentals or toughness. This seems really like the one coach who won't get his tie pulled or threatened or yelled at because he's doing everything Pax wants, no matter how it reflects on the court or resounds around the league. Steve and David, look, just to piggyback on that point, look. No, you look. Um, it's it's almost like there's almost like a militant feel to it, like where somebody in, in the armed forces is going to do whatever he is told to do, even if it goes against what he wants to do. Yes, he sir, has sir. To do it. You will go overseas. You will go to the Middle East, even though you don't believe in it. This sucks. I don't want to do it. There is something militant about Jim Boylan and his, his faith in, in Paxson. Semper Fi, I don't know what else to say after that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there is actually a a lot of truth to what you're both saying. I mean, listen, Pax's son is is in in, in the military, so John is a Hmm. big, big, big believer. Wow, look at the dots. The dots have been connected, Steve. I'm I'm not saying that's the only reason, but John is a very (laughs) very regimented person, and, and he likes his coaches to be, I guess, regimented in, in that kind of direction. Now, ultimately, does that win you any basketball games? No, but uh, that's the culture that they, they like bringing to the organization. And uh, listen, I'd rather have players who are sort of goofballs who would win you basketball games. That's my opinion, but, you know, that's that's just my two cents. David Schuster joins us on the Alpamani Forward Hotline. He's here on The Score on Saturday Suckage. He will be joining The Score, rejoining The Score, 345, the pregame show, Bulls at Knicks tonight and this afternoon. So the Jim Boylan week, the week in quotes from Jim Boylan included the one we heard coming into this segment. Never once have I been talked about my win-loss record, my personal record. That's never mattered. I'm in, I've been told to establish a style of play, and in my opinion, I've done that. And yet on media day, we have the quote about our goals for the season are to make the playoffs and every day to prepare like a, we're a playoff team, to work like we're a playoff team. I think that's the only way to do it. So. So Jim Boylan seemed to have contradicted himself. What do you What do you make of the week in Jim Boylan quotes? Uh, crazy, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, very contradictory. I mean, they talked about the playoffs, you know, right. on media day all those months ago. And now, honestly, I mean, this is a big game today, by the way. This is a draft lottery game today, <laughs> for what it's worth. I mean, the Knicks are the bottom of the barrel, but the Bulls are only three games ahead of the Knicks. So this is a big one today. Not that this is a great college draft upcoming, but uh, it is for, you know, a lot of reasons. The Bulls right now are six and a half games out of the playoffs, the number eight spot. They're not catching anybody, but they might catch the teams below them, pending on some of the injuries that, you know, still are ongoing and, and might even still occur. We don't know if Kobe White's going to play. I'm pretty confident that Wendell Carter and Denzel Valentine will return to the lineup. Chandler Hutchinson is out. Otto Porter may never play again, seemingly. Um, but in, in back to your original question, Rosie, yeah, it's, it's very contradictory. And, and I don't know, to be honest with you, if they've ever talked about wins and losses between, you know, 
upper management and Jim Boylan specifically, but if they bring in new people from the outside, for instance, the latest name being mentioned is Sam Presti, who's the general manager of Oklahoma City. I don't think that kind of language will really go over for for a guy like that if he becomes the new GM, potentially, with a lot of authority. I just don't think that will cut the muster, if you will. Yeah, uh, Go ahead, Stevie. No, no, no. I would just want to know how attractive is this job if John Paxson's still there? It's still, it's still attractive. It's, it's, it's still attractive. First of all, it's, it's, you know, it's a general manager's job. There's not that many around the league. I think he would have a lot of authority. And I do believe that Pax will go a little bit further into the background and that'll be actually to his choosing and to his liking, to be honest with you. Yes, he will still be at the table to be part of the decision-making process in what capacity. I don't know. That remains to be seen if indeed this all happens, and I think it will. But, you know, I know John. John is a team player. You can say whatever you want about John Paxson. He is a team player. You might not like a lot of the decisions he might have made over the last umpteen years, but he is a team player. And if there's somebody else that's brought into the organization, for instance, a guy like Sam Presti, who's got a lot of uh, cachet around the league. I'm pretty sure that Paxson in this next general manager will get along famously. I, that's the way I look at you it. You know, it's funny because, I, and I, I completely believe you about John Paxson, that he's a team player and maybe in the right place he could do some good for the team. I'm actually kind of surprised that he wants to to keep at it. Like at this point that he hasn't had enough. He just seems exhausted but and like this would be like a an easy time to kind of fade away and having done some good things with the organization but he still still wants to be there david i mean it just well, yeah. I, I always get the impression he's just cooked no no well listen <laughs> if if in, if indeed Baked. they make the changes that everybody believes that they will be making he'll go a little bit more into the background he won't be in front of the media front and center like he has been Again, not really to his choosing the last couple of years. I mean, it was Gar Foreman. That certainly did not work out. Him talking to to the masses, the fans, the media. And so John had to assume that role. It's not something that he relishes by any stretch of the imagination. So if he could go further into the background and still be involved with the organization, I mean, he's young and vital. What, what else should he be doing at this stage of his life? I mean, he's still got a lot of years left, you know, for him to do something. I, I, and he wants to help. He wants to help the Reinsdorf. He is a okay. loyal soldier. And right. he wants to help them win in some capacity. So, no, I don't see him walking away. But, again, going further into the background, I'm sure, would be to his choosing. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't seem like he's having fun anymore. But maybe maybe he gets rejuvenated. Who would have fun Well, I mean, <laughs> is anybody having fun watching this? Team you are David. It's basketball. Basis. He's David. Hoops yeah, you, you're always like I, we listen to the pre and post game show. You're always sounding like you're you're upbeat. Chuck sounds upbeat. Bill. I mean, you guys make it sound like this is a 70 win team. <laughs> <laughs> well, boy, I could sell you something then. Wow. <laughs> hey, man, how, who, whose organization is in better shape? The Bulls or the Knicks? Because you mentioned the look. The look. The Bulls are look. twenty and thirty nine. The Knicks are seventeen and forty two. The Knicks have lost six in a row. The Bulls are one and nine in their last ten. Bulls basketball four p.m. today on the score. <laughs> Talk about setting the table. <laughs> Come on in. Talk about throwing up in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Now we'll make it sound good. Listen, if you know. Ch- 
listen, Chuck is right there. Chuck Swirsky is right there to tell you that the Bulls are just this far away from winning a championship. Yeah. So no matter you know what Bill and I say, Chuck is the uh, bright light, if you will, to always find the silver lining in the dark cloud. And you're going back to the scene of Bill Wennington's greatest moment when he yes. and Mike, when he and Michael combined for 57, for 57. points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring. Yeah. I'm going to bring that up to you know. I'm going to bring that up to talking to those guys today. Of course, with Wennington. I got to say this about Madison Square Garden. I've been there a few times, you know, and I haven't been there since I guess they refurbished it for the umpteenth time. Also, the worst locker rooms, at least when I was there, yeah. the worst food for the media. Not that that anybody cares about that except the media people. The worst seating for the media. Yada yada yada. But yet, it is one of the meccas of basketball. It is the Garden. We yeah. used to we. I remember times, it always seemed like we were there on Mother's Day because it was always Bulls, Knicks, and May and, and mm-hmm. Eastern Conference Finals. And it always seemed to be after the circus was there for whatever reason. So it smelled. And, yes. And the lingering, the rotunda lingered with elephant, elephant fecal matter. It was really, it was quite a thing. But you know what? You have the Charles Smith game and then you get, you know, you got a piece of history. He missed it. He yeah. missed it. Yeah. It was just, it was that was that was terrific. But Bill Bill Wennington with one of the all time great lines, Michael's first game since his in his comeback, first game at Madison Square Garden on Broadway. In case you're late to this story, and he had 55 points, and the Bulls had the ball out of bounds, and there's no doubt who's going to get the ball in this one point game, and Michael gets the ball and immediately flips it to Bill Wennington alone at the basket. He lays it in, Bulls win, and Bill Wennington's only points of the game, and he says, yeah, me and Michael combined for 57 points. Great <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. So did you see any movies that were as bad as the Bulls? No, no movies this week. Pretty busy this past week. Um, so no, no oh, movies. great, and Dave. Again, Thanks. This, 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 <laughs> this is a bad time of the year, although I just watched Forrest Gump on TV here a short while ago. It's still one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, glad they worked out for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. By the way, fecal fecal uh, matter smell I'll be, uh, will be at Madison Square Garden today, and the circus is not in town. Yes, it will. There we go. Bada bump bump. And you'll be here at what three forty-five for the yeah. pregame 345. show. All right. We'll make it sound good. Hi, right, bro. He's David Schuster. Thanks, David. See you guys, dude. I got a uh, update on Brandon Morrow of the Cubs. Would you like a Brandon Morrow update? We will get to that after this. All we'll right. do Brandon Morrow. We'll do some other things. You got some splaining to do, by the way. Oh, Not just I do. Brand- you got some splaining really? to do. Really? Yeah. And we have a uh, some WB Club news. I'm Steve Rosen. Lumi's Mark Grody. We are Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. I deserve. Good thing. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Daily Affirmation with Mark Grody. Do you like dribbling the ball, Michael? Remember when Stuart Small... I, I don't know if I was supposed to do something there, if I missed a memo... Uh, no, I liked I just, it. You were doing daily affirmations earlier. I just thought that, you know, I oh, would try to add on resolutions. To it. Yeah, I was you know, doing, okay. Just, you know, just right. Because you know, it's like that, right? It's kind of. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I said I was going to do daily resolutions, but an affirmation. Yeah, but referring to yourself in the third person. Yeah. I oh. resolved to refer Mark to Brody. myself in the third Mark. person more and use the word 
look, look more because it's a great way to clean the split the slate and sports talk right look this tweet from <laughs> Sahada Sharma Brandon Morrow told me he um just one playing. Brandon Morrow told me that he threw on Thursday and his chest felt good. Unfortunately, he was running afterwards and felt something in his calf. Had an MRI yesterday and has a mild tear in his calf, grade one plus, and will be sidelined 10 to 14 days. Yes. <laughs> Look, do people even want Brandon Morrow updates anymore? Are they even worth our time? Yes, they are worth our time because they continue to show Cubs bad, scary bullpen pitching decisions. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And when Brandon Morrow did get into games when he was healthy, he was really good. Until Joe but, Madden threw him three days in a row, which violated the Brandon Morrow rule. That's right. And guess who's not here anymore? No, he's not. No, he's not. Neither Joe nor, well, I guess Brandon Morrow hanging in there on his minor league contract. So at least he has the contract. That he should have. I think that one thing that I'm going to try really hard to do as well during this baseball preseason and spring training is to not talk about bullpens as much because you know what? All bullpens kind of suck. They're they're all year to year. Every bullpen, except for maybe three or four in Major League Baseball, are in shambles at this time every single year. And we make a big deal out of they're it. They're month to month. They are month to month. That's why I said that. Never mind the pitching coordinator and the hitting coordinator. One, a team should have a bullpen coordinator, one that obsesses over the bullpen every day of his baseball life, always looking at guys, looking at guys at the ends of rosters, looking at starters that are going bad, looking at guys in the minor leagues because it is such a hit-and-miss proposition. And any time that we ask a baseball expert or a beat writer about it, hey, what's what's the weakness right now? Oh, probably the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And it's probably right but it's like that for 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Oh, let's just say 25 teams, right, in Major League Baseball, except for those extraordinary teams that have a real bullpen put together. So I just I can't get upset over bullpens. I'm trying not to, to, to take Craig you're Kimbrell. Save, you save getting upset for actual games when, it, when they actually blow a lead, when they lose – the runner gets an inherited runner scores. Because you just don't know about bullpens. Maybe Craig Kimbrell will be really good. Maybe Kyle Ryan. Maybe Rowan Wick is is as good as I think he might be because he was really good last year for the Cubs. But maybe he busts out this year. Aaron no, in Palmer. this town, you've already seen how unreliable bullpens are or how surprising they can be. Bobby Jenks was on the station yesterday. Yeah. It was a really terrific yes. interview talking about overcoming alcoholism and dealing with it and ripping himself open and being vulnerable. I listened but, to it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. And I'm sure that you – you, I know you covered the White Sox team mm-hmm. that year. So who would have thought that Cots and Polite would have been the, the greatest bullpen setup men ever – and that the third closer would be the guy to win the World Series that yeah, year. Yeah, it wasn't Shingo Takatsu. It, it wasn't Dustin Hermanson. No, it was not. And Cliff Polite the next year is what? Back playing 16-inch softball? Uh, again, that's that's exactly that's what it. a bullpen's all that's about. That's the and essence. You come here to the Cubs, and you, you move forward, fast forward to 2016, and you go, oh, wow, you got the 100-mile-an-hour throwing of Raldis Chapman. Yeah. The guy who... Joe Madden finally found a way to take the 100-mile-an-hour fastball out of him, and Rajai Davis hits the home run, and your World Series is won by Mike Montgomery. Yeah. 
Again, bullpens. <laughs> it's it's the the most inexact part of baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's almost not worth consternating over. Consternating. <laughs> because it is so inexact. Like, we're going to talk about it. Like, is the Dylan Maples great slider going to return? I loved Aaron Bummer. Like, I've been telling, before, even before Aaron Bummer of the White Sox got his extension, I was saying, I think this guy's got a chance to be like a, a bullpen star for a couple of years. Um, I, I just And then he gets the extension. I, I can't wait to see what he does this year. But maybe he flops. You know what I mean? Who's the guy on Milwaukee? I'm having a mental uh, breakdown here. Hater. Hater. What's Hater? I mean, Hater has been like MVP caliber. Mm-hmm. Would anybody be surprised if like Hater broke down in the next two years? No, no, because there was they've been guarding him as well. If you're hey, good Dylan Maple together- sounds like a hedge fund. I gotta say, kind of does, doesn't yeah, it? Just like Blake Rutherford in the White Sox system. Um, you got some explaining to do, Lucy. Oh, I, I'm my Twitter feed this week. <laughs> I'm seeing it out of my peripheral vision. I had this video of my partner, Mark Grody, at the combine lifting, doing doing a bench press. Doing bench pressing at the, on the bench and, press And it stage. just looks like you're doing, it's a silver straw. I don't know that that's real weight. So this video went out and it got retweeted and so... What's really going on here, and why did you do this? Well, and is that's not a real weight. So what is it? Well, it's a it's so that is at the NFL Combine, the and, bench press, and they have a thing for fans that fans can go around and they can do mock workouts the way the players do. So that is not a real that is not real weight. Um, I was pretending to lift real weight the way the players do. They have a high jump thing set up that fans can do. And me as a media, as a privileged media member, they allowed me to step up and do that and videotape it. Here's a dirty little secret for everybody who um, who enjoys the combine, enjoys our coverage of the combine. The, The only thing that we get to watch without being hassled by it or having to go through hoops to watch it is the bench press. The bench press is the one thing that we get to watch. They have bleachers set up in the convention center, and they have it almost looks like a boxing canvas, uh-huh. and they have the, the the bench press set up. So it's kind of cool to watch for a while, but it's the only thing we get to watch without having to jump through hoops. The rest of it, like you can get into the into the dome to watch some of the workouts if you sign up, and you can go for certain times. But um, the the part about the combine that, that I don't know that I didn't know when I first started covering three years ago is we don't actually get to watch the workouts live. And I don't understand that. Why Kinda is that? I don't, I'm not really sure. Like because they obviously carry them live on television. Yes. Why they don't let more people into the building? I'm not sure. Unless they just do it as an exclusive thing to some of their loyal fans and fans who pay up and corporations. I'm I'm really not sure. I do kind of put it in the category of. For reporters from our perspective, be careful what you wish for because we'd be sitting there hour after hour after hour after hour watching men run in underwear. So after a while, when it gets to people that you have absolutely no interest in, it might get a little bit boring, Steve. I'm Not when it's a 300-pound lineman running a 5.1. It'll have its moments. Like, yeah. yeah, you'd line up for that moment, but then it goes back to mundane. Okay. Yeah. We have some beat club news. It might, And it's such a Browns thing. But it might sound familiar because it's a uh, it, it involves a big number. Good Browns offensive tackle Greg Robinson and ex NFL player Quan Bray were taken into custody ten days ago after Border Patrol 
found 156.9 pounds of marijuana in the back of their 2020 Chevy Tahoe. This is according to documents obtained by TMZ. Uh, what was the amount again? Say again. 156.9 pounds. We're not talking about ounces. Of pot. Oh, my God. There might be a shortage in Chicago. That's like, that's like what a person weighs, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's a person's worth. Right. Like a... Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That person, all that is pot, and there you go. So if convicted, the former Auburn teammates could face up to 20 years in prison. Now, here's the Robinson and Bray were not reentering the country from Mexico, but they were traveling from Los Angeles to Louisiana, and they hit a checkpoint at Sierra Blanca, which was in Texas, according to TMZ. A dog sniffing dog, a drug sniffing dog alerted agents to several vacuum sealed black bags full of a substance that tested positive for marijuana, according to TMZ. Agents also found 23 mason jars a can sealing machine, an electronic scale, and $3,100 cash in Bray's jeans. <laughs> That's ain't screwing around. That's empire. That's Walter White stuff. That's empire. Robinson, the Browns offensive tackle, was scheduled to become a free agent this month. I'm not sure how free he's going to be. <laughs> Has he met Sam Hurd yet? Because yeah, he that, might soon. That certainly, for people who don't remember old Sam Hurd, bare for a minute, mm-hmm. was found with similar amounts and paraphernalia, like just gargantuan amounts of he was hot look, he was coke looking, and he was looking to become El Chapo. He seriously, was Chicago El Chapo. Like that was not necessarily even a person who consumed the drugs himself. That was a person looking to again empire. Like that was real, and he is in jail in Texas. I want to say right now as as we speak. Old Sam Hurd, fair mm-hmm. special teamer, wide receiver, seemed like a good guy. Like I never, I don't think I ever covered him, but just like listening to him speak to other reporters, he always seemed like a good guy. Maybe he is a good guy. Just wanted to. Well, not every drug kingpin has to be a killer. No, that's, you're right. They don't have to, and they're not even necessarily bad guys. They're just people who, you know, I don't know. Does it, are, does it make you, are you by definition a bad person if you're a criminal? Well, it depends who considers who a criminal. Narcos considers them a criminal, but, yeah. you know, El Chapo thinks I'm just doing, I'm giving the people what they want, much like Al Capone. Yeah, but they were killers. So when, when I'm going to put, them, I'm I, put them down as bad guys. Al Capone says when they, you know, on the Lakeshore Drive, when they serve alcohol, it's considered high society. When I give people alcohol, it's considered bootlegging. Yeah. Dealing. But what about the killing, you know? Yeah, that's, that's an issue. That's, and, that's, and that's we've probably made, not as, not neighborly. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we, like, Al Capone is like, playful in our city like it's a playful like there's an al capone tour isn't there or a gangster oh yeah tour? like it's it's a fun it's al capone we're still known for around the world if you say chicago yeah. um you might get the whole the guns thing <laughs> al capone yeah. i guess it's befitting of our city yeah. isn't Instead it of guns Jordan. and shooting and yeah so do you know who mason saunders is uh no but i remember warner saunders yes nbc newsman well mason saunders is going to be getting his own night at a minor league park. It's a giveaway. The San Jose Giants, they're a single-A team of the San Francisco Giants, will be honoring Mason Saunders. Mason Saunders is the alias by which Madison Bumgardner goes when he's participating in rodeo events. 
Madison Bumgarner was found out to have been a rodeo oh. participant, and he goes by the name of Mason Saunders. And so the Giant, giant Single A affiliate will have a jersey giveaway and encourage fans to dress up as their alias or their alter egos this season. And, and Mason Saunders night will take place Friday, June 5th at Excite Ballpark in San Jose, where all aliases are welcome. And the tweet from the San Jose team started with the line, this ain't our first rodeo. <laughs> wow, that's a thing. Now, most baseball con- athletic contracts prevent athletes from doing anything like that. I remember Bumgarner was like off-road racing, yeah, right? Right. And, and got injured, and there was some question about whether it was allowed in his contract. You've seen guys get hurt trying this stuff. Michael Jordan famously had the love of the game clause written into his contract. I get to play anytime I want. And they said, no, you might get hurt. We don't want that. No, I'm going to play anytime I want. So he had that in there. Did he That's put the a, cigar cutter in there too? Jeff Kent also, right? Didn't he? He got a, he had an injury. I don't know if it was off-roading, but well, he certainly was not telling the truth by the time he figured that a out. A good example of they that is a guy out. who didn't necessarily have that was Jay Williams, the for, the Bulls' former it's number one thing. overall pick, and he had his motorcycle accident, but the Bears, the Bulls, to their credit, took care of him. I got a question for you. This this guy from the 630 contends that Walter White is a good guy. I've actually been in the midst of watching Breaking Bad again. This is my third viewing of it. I'm like, right, I'm in the, the second of the last season right now. Walter White's a horrible, turns out to be a horrible guy. I mean, he's poisoned a kid. Yeah. So, like, I, like he is like kind of a sympathetic figure for the first few he seasons. He killed Jesse's girlfriend. He killed Jesse, or he let her die, more like. But He, he made her die. He turned her over on her back. Oh, did he? That's why they were sleeping on their side. Okay. So you wouldn't turn over your back uh, and choke on your own vomit. Right. Yeah. And you know, and and one other thing on Breaking Bad, then I'll I'll get off it. You know, you don't have to. Okay. What really upsets me now that this this is going to be it for me watching this this series because it really upsets me when um when Hank Schrader dies. Sorry about the spoiler. Yep. It really is a horrible television moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it upset. It it's starting to upset me. Um, so and he, and he died admirably, and because you start because Hank is like right. He was he died heroically. He did die heroically, and he's such a great character. And like, and he had cheated death earlier. Yeah. Yes, he did. Right. Because and another example of Walter White being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So say my name. Say my name. Yeah, Jesse. Let's cook. Okay, Mr. White. Um, I had a. This really bothered me. The crap that went on this week with the Cubs and TV stuff and whatever. So I have a. I have a rant. Oh, good. Another rant coming. I yeah. I may not mean anything, but it's something I needed. I need to get off my chest, and I need to say. And so you're here to listen to it. It might suck. This is Saturday suckage. That's what it's for, right? Absolutely. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, the WB Club, Founding Fathers with you. We suck so you don't have to, and it's our pleasure. We're pleasers, not teasers. As a public service, we, uh, we're givers, not takers. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Trust me, we are, we are laser-focused on Comcast. We, we get it, uh, 100% understand how important that is to our fans. And um, while we feel really great about uh, the network, and Molly appreciate the plug for it, uh, also appreciated David Ross's plug for it, given he was laid up and otherwise wouldn't see it. Um, 
you know, really, we, we we really won't call it a success until we've got Comcast done and, and, and are really serving the whole market. Crank Kenny, Cubs vice president in charge of not getting the key broadcast deal done. He was with Molly and Haw this week, talking about Marquee and the Cubs and Comcast and Xfinity and no, nothing. See ya. Bye-bye. Nothing. Welcome and welcome back. Chargers Sports Radio 670 score. Uh, I have a correction to make. Several texters helped me out here. Walter White did not kill Jane, Jesse's girlfriend, played by Kristen Ritter. Walter White watched her die. Let her die. That's what I thought. Yes. I should I was. I, I remembered it. I remembered it in error. I thought he just sort of tipped her back, but she fell over, and he should have propped her up so that she wouldn't choke on her own vomit, but she did, and that was that. And he watched her die. It's an awful and then, scene. And then her father was an air traffic controller who was so wrecked by the whole thing he couldn't do his job right and a plane there's there's a plane crash and so there's so many deaths surrounding the evilness the selfishness the just whatever planet Walter White is death destruction nothing but bad stuff he also killed the two kids that were going to go after Jesse with the car. Remember, or when Jesse was going to go after him, and he took the load off of his hands and ran over two guys, killed them both. I should also say that, like the the dying of of Asac Schrader, bugged the hell out of me. You know, what, you know, the only other death that that bugged me was uh, was Gus Fring. To be honest with you, because it's just such a great character. Really? And, and, and he's a bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. I mean, he slit a guy's throat with a box cutter. That was one of the grossest scenes in cinema. Mm-hmm. But but he was a fascinating character. And then the way he dies, <laughs> the two-face. <laughs> yes. It was so weird. Yes. It was so odd. It was, it was like kind of a bad moment, I thought. Not that he died, but the, the, the it was... Gus what, what was... The, what's the word I'm looking for? There was something wrong with that. Like, it was playful almost, like, and looked so fake. I don't know. Gus was the, an infuriatingly consistent character. Yes. He had the personality of a metronome. Mm-hmm. And I just kept saying, you get mad. What's wrong? Somebody, that, can't somebody get this guy off his game? Right. He for was the longest unflappable, time. unflappable, Gus Fring. Yes. Would you like, can I clean your table for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a kiss ass. So, anyways, thank the... you, texters, for that. All right, rant, my friend. Well, I'm just thinking, you heard Crank Kenny talking about <clears throat> no deal with Comcast for Marquee. And the report this week Marquee Sports agreed to a $132 million deal um, for Cubs rights, rights to Cubs games, which is more than double the previous deal. The network stands to lose about $100 million a year in subscriber revenue from the blackout on Camp, um, Comcast based on a $5 a month price. So the Cubs are asking their fans to call Comcast because apparently the Cubs don't have the number. The Cubs are asking their fans to pay more money to watch them this year after failing to make the playoffs last year, after devolving every year since the World Series, after making zero impact in free agency because of money or ineptitude. You pay more, Cub fans, even though we didn't pay more for free agent talent. 
Tom Ricketts is asking fans to call Comcast. No, you, Tom, you call Comcast. You make a deal. And here's the thing I would have thought happened. You should have made this deal before you started this big idea. You should have locked up everything. You should have had a guaranteed deal. Joe Ricketts famously said he loved Tom's idea of buying the Cubs because the Cubs lose all the time and they sell every ticket. That's the kind of business that gets anti-baseball fan Joe Ricketts' attention. Because in that case, they had the cover charge covered. But the Cubs didn't in this. Anyone with eyes would have seen all the cord cutting going on. It was all the rage. The price of cables outlandish. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous money. And so many people, so many Cub fans now and future fans, running away from it. You would have thought they would have been smart enough to cut the deal ahead of time with the biggest cable company. And Crane Kenny says he doesn't know what's taking... He doesn't know what Comcast is waiting for. Seriously? Isn't that his job? Isn't that exactly Crane Kenny's job? To know exactly what Comcast is waiting for and to to resolve it? Anyways, I Get it just, done. I hate that that's where they are, and they're telling Cub fans to call Comcast yeah, so ridiculous. they can pay more. You're, they don't care about fans. They care about money. They care about revenue. And I'm not sure they did their business the right they, with, with a smart eye, and I'm not sure that they did everything ahead of time. They prepared well enough for this, and now you're looking at maybe it's all negotiating stance, but and maybe it all gets resolved by opening day which is really all that matters. But at this point, a lot of people looking stupid and ill-prepared for the job. Yeah, and the whole uh, idea, too, that, hey, it's just spring training and you know people shouldn't care about it and there's only four or five games usually that occur in mm-hmm. spring training anyway. You know what? Baseball fans do care. Baseball fans do want to see their team. They do want to see the prospects. They do want to see Anthony Rizzo. They, they do want to see Chris Bryant. Um, so I find that to be very dismissive and almost condescending, too, when I hear that come out of people's mouths, that it's just spring training. People are extremely excited when baseball starts. Baseball do, you, do you get marquee? What do you nope, have? I got Comcast. I, I have Comcast. YouTube TV. Apparently, I'll never get marquee. Yeah, well, you were supposed to. So I don't know. I'm just like, whatever I hear, that's fine. I'm just like, get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Oh, another another wow was was it wow or something like that? Was wow, that yeah. Wow, wow was on board. Okay, is com- get Comcast done. Just get it done. Mm-hmm. The segment is brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Illini Care Health for health care coverage that includes free gym memberships, after school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice Illinois plan. Our phone number is 312-644-6767. I didn't even need to give it out before we had people just ringing up Cubs broadcast information. Kevin in Hilda, Hill, Hillsdale. Hi, Comcast. Can we help you? <laughs> Kevin? Xfinity On Demand. Can we help you? We're out here in the sticks, and we've got Marquee on our sports package for nothing. And, you know, this covers... Rural Illinois, Iowa, parts of Nebraska, and parts of Missouri. It's a pretty big deal. So the Cubs had to do something right. 
Where are you in the sticks exactly, specifically? Uh, Hillsdale, six one two five seven. You're in the six one five two seven, huh? No, it's, it's so it's so your it, your MediaCom is your your company. It, yes, it's the it's the only one available out here. Uh-huh. So you're winning. Yeah, okay. I am. Okay, it's well, great. and I, I like the channel. One of the things that I appreciate the call. Congratulations! Enjoy the Cubs Good. for I, for the same price. It's just when you you know who the big dog is, you need to be in. The Cubs got in business with Marquee. You know what percentage? Who owns what? How the money works? I don't know. They're a partner, right? They're running that thing. So they are. The Cubs are Marquee. And okay, so you know who your number one partner should be is the number one distributor. Get that, it done. that would be the thing place. Because you're not going to buy Comcast. I understand that. But get the deal done ahead of time. You want to make sure your people get it. You saw what happened with the Dodgers. And there's still like half of half of the Dodger fans can't get that broadcast. Yeah. The Dodgers are trying to, you know, Dodgers afford Mookie Betts and David Price. Well, I don't want to hear about it. Oh, AT&T is my, oh, that's great. What about Comcast? <laughs> <laughs> Terry in St. Charles, welcome to the score. Hey, gentlemen. Great show. Uh, I'm a Comcast subscriber, Uh and I have a contract which I got into, I guess, back in July, and I talked to them about uh, the marquee network at that time. Oh, don't worry. You'll get the Cubs. Well, well, that'll that'll happen. And uh, so I signed up, and uh, at a certain rate, and I don't have HBO or nothing like that, Uh, it's over $200. Now, at the beginning of the year, my rates went up 15 bucks a month, okay? What? $15 a month they went up for fees. Mm-hmm. That's what they told me when I called them on Monday. And I was told that this uh, deal with Marquis is all due to the lawyers from Comcast are checking things over. So when you talk about <clears throat> more money for the, the Cubs network, I'm paying $15 more already. I think the $15 should cover the Cubs network for Comcast. Just a thought. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's, um, Steve's trying to that's turn a, you that's off, a, sir. No, just that it's, it, everybody's going to handle it in a certain way, and it's just not, it's always going to cost you more money. Believe me, it's always going to cost you more money, whether they characterize it as, fees or they make it flat out and said if you want this you want that and i thought okay so if it's going to cost you should white Sox fans call comcast and say i don't want to pay more money for you to carry the cubs channel i don't want to pay more money for that um it's always going to cost you more and it could be just comcast lawyers just comcast being comcast telling its lawyers just wait there's no reason we need to cut this deal now yeah i think Sox fans i mean most Sox fans hate the cubs so it's Mm -hmm. i would imagine they probably are don't let them tell you any differently. Ken in Southwest Missouri. Ken. That's hey, right. good afternoon. How are you guys this afternoon? How are you? We're okay. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since we've worked together, so. So we um, suck. Yeah. I can understand. It sounds good, though. Thanks, Ken. Um, listen, I, I write for a Cubs website, oh. and I've been on this marquee thing since the time, you know, that it was that it was announced. And I'll tell you what, I, I never looked forward to something so much in my life, you know, especially living out of state now. Um, you know, all the, um, the, you know, the supporting programming, they were, you know, their, their planning and everything else sounded fantastic. Well, you know what, since this has started, 
you know, oh, good news, we're going to stream it on Hulu Live. Oh, bad news, we only you only get that if you live in the Chicago area. Oh, Comcast is going to pick up a contract with us. Oh, bad news, we can't get anywhere with Comcast. Three days ago, or two days ago, it was slight chance uh, of a deal with YouTube TV, which is how I get my TV where I live. Um, then the next day, yesterday, it was, nope, never going to be a deal with YouTube. Today, it's, well, there might be a little, you know, glimmer of light, you know, down the tunnel. Well, I think that glimmer of light's an oncoming train because this isn't working. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks <laughs> for the call. Thanks for the optimism. I guess the train's going to run you right over. So. This is, um, the, this conversation, and we are guilty of just having done it, is horrible. It's horrible to listen to. It's horrible to talk about. It's consumer compliance. It's everybody having a different, horrible story mm-hmm. about what they have and what they don't have and what their, their prices are. It's, 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 it gives me a headache. It's boring. <laughs> it's and and I understand we're doing it and it we sucks. have to do it, but it sucks and it's done. That's why I'm like every time I hear anybody talking about it, it's just kind of like uh, I'm not hearing anything. Get the damn deal done. Tell me when Comcast is on board. I don't want to hear why it's not yet. I don't want to hear Ken's story. I don't want to hear the Missouri story. I get why we're doing this. But just tell me when it's done because the re- it's just a bunch of crap and it's very annoying to listen to and to talk about. Okay, fine. Let's change the subject. Huh. There are some things worse than the topic of the Cubs cable situation. Get it done. In fact, there are some things worse than the Bears quarterback situation. Yes. I know that's hard to believe. We'll discuss that with J.J. Stankovitz next. Saturday suckage, we suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.